You are officially an audio technician now. <laughs> Should we do it? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to In The Frame. Today's guest is David Daxton, who is currently giving a huge standout performance as Max in Jamie Lloyd's West End revival of Sunset Boulevard at the Savoy Theatre. Some of David's theatre credits include playing Andras and Javert in Les Mis, he was Raoul in Love Never Dies, the Phantom in The Phantom of the Opera, and Kevin T in Come From Away. He has done so many other incredible shows, including Condide, Jesus Christ Superstar, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, She Loves Me, Only the Brave, and many, many, many more. David first worked with Jamie Lloyd when he played Giorgio in Passion at the Donmar Warehouse, winning the 2011 Olivier Award for Best Actor in a Musical. We recorded this chat the day after I saw Sunset for a second time. I went back to catch Rachel Tucker, who guest stars as Norma Desmond on Mondays, after I was blown away by Nicole Scherzinger the first time I saw it. We had such a fascinating chat. David gave an amazing insight into the process of creating this production. Uh, He spoke about the advice he had given to his colleague, Tom Francis. And then he also delved into why this experience is making him think back to his time in passion at Donmar and why that was also such a huge period for him. And then we spoke about lots of other things along the way too. Here's the interview. David Daxton, you're in the frame. Thanks. <laughs> Paint the picture for people listening. What can they imagine? What's the scene? Where are you right now? What's going on? Uh, I'm in my living room at home. Um, my wife has taken the uh, our little boy and our dogs away on holiday So uh, with her mum. So I've had the place to myself. So um, I've been kicking about for a bit. So this is a, a, a great opportunity to be in the frame. You've got someone to talk to, basically. Well, someone, basically, yeah, I've got someone to talk to, thank God. <laughs> so I came back to the show last night. Oh, okay, wow. To see Rachel Tucker. Yeah. Um, and see how the show has you know, settled and grown. I feel like it has grown so much. Mm. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. um, so we'll talk all about it. But on a rewind, when did you first hear about the possibility of doing this production? How did it originally come on the table? And do you remember kind of what you thought when you heard Jamie Lloyd, Sunset Boulevard, West End, Nicole Scherzinger, what was your th- um, thought process? That's a great question. I So yeah, it, it landed in my email as these things do. Um, my agent said to me, look, it, it, it came as a, it was actually, it was undisclosed. It's like, are you available on these dates and are you interested in this undisclosed Jamie Lloyd musical? And because I'd worked with Jamie before and obviously he's, he's, you know, he's quite the, the hot thing isn't it he's 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 got a thing going on for sure so I, I was like well yeah obviously everyone everyone's interested that goes without saying um yeah what is it and the merchant said it's Sunset Boulevard and Nicole's doing Norma Desmond I thought bloody hell wow that's um that's out there but so but, but initially my first thought was that Sunset Boulevard is has always been one of my absolute favorite shows so like when I was when I was young and impressionable uh, I was sort of in my early teens. I was a musical theatre geek before I got into Radiohead. 
and stuff like that. I was just sort of obsessed with it all. I did lots of Amdram and really loved it. And, and Sunset Boulevard was one of my favourite shows. And I saw it in London a few times. I saw it on Broadway with Betty Buckley. Wow. And George Hearn was Max, which was very cool. Um, he, he, like, Who George did you Hearn see in London? My, uh, I saw Elaine Page and Patti Lapone. Insane. So last night, yeah. I'm segue, I'm dumping around, but last night, who was sat two seats away from me in the audience? Elaine Page. She came back. She came back, yeah. Blind me, because I know she came on press night. That's exciting. She was saying she was excited to see Rachel and excited to see... Ah, of course, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. Oh, of course. Um, So yeah, I'd absolutely loved Sunset Boulevard. Just loved it. I thought it was brilliant. So I was instantly like, yes, please. But over the years, I'd always imagined that one day I'd play Joe Gillis, but it never worked out. These things just sometimes don't. And I saw this audition for Max. I thought, okay, wow, that's, that's... that's a bit weird because I thought, oh, I'm a bit, I'm not quite old enough for this yet. But yeah, slightly offended. <laughs> I'm a bit like, okay, and then you, but then of course you see how it all works out, and, you, like, and the what what's happened and the way it's gone and the way Jamie's cast it all. It makes perfect sense. Um, so yeah, I was very excited, very very excited. Mm. And I mean, the you must have been like, hang on, Jamie Lloyd, Sunset Boulevard. This is gonna be. I mean, who would have thought? We'd have got to this place, but I'm well, sure no, you're like, this well, is going to be something special. Yeah, I, I like in the audition, I hadn't seen Jamie in years, like years. I hadn't seen him since the Olivier's in 2011, in fact. So it was it was amazing to sort of reconnect and, and catch up. I did the audition and then finished at the end. and said, have you got any questions for me? And I just said, well, yeah, what are you going to do with Sunset Boulevard? And he just sort of laughed, but he had this twinkle in his eye. And I thought, oh, you're onto something here. You know you're onto something. And it turns out that he he, he very much is onto something. But he 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 said interestingly, he knew it all along. He said he um he after they did Evita at Regent's Park, he said, I want to do another one of Andrew's shows. And he said he just woke up one morning and went, I'm gonna do Sunset Boulevard and Nicole Scherzing is gonna play Norma Desmond. And he said, in that instant, I could see it all, I could see the whole production, I could just see everything really clearly. So like something got like just landed in his head. One just got placed there somehow. Um, but he knew he knew back then. Looking back on it, he knew he knew what was what was coming. Mm. And there's been several points in rehearsals where I thought, oh, you 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 clever Sarge, you know what you're doing. You really do because <laughs> it's just because this it's fascinating. I've never been in anything that has so much detail to it. So much, so much detail. Maybe come, we come from away, but in a different way. But uh, but the, the, like the levels, the layers are ridiculous. Because funnily enough, like come from away, it looks quite simplistic because it's initially very bare, very stark. But the, uh, honestly, the the detail and the layers that have gone into it are just extraordinary. But there's been several points throughout rehearsals where just the first thing will happen. So I remember vividly seeing Nicole sing as if we never say goodbye for the first time. And it's just, I could instantly see what this would be. Just instantly, because there's just something about a, you know, a, a genuine star just standing there singing this song amazing. I thought, oh, this is, uh, this is going to be amazing. This is mm. very, very cool. There's been several points just like that. And then you layer on all the detail and, and throw on all the, all the, the levels and levels. Then, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. So, I mean, you, you felt like you could feel Jamie's 
vision and he was saying he had this, you know, he could see it in his head. Yeah. So from when you got into rehearsals, what was, what did it feel like almost kind of he and Fabian had it all kind of, kind of together? Or was it like a... No, no, not at all. <laughs> so what's amazing about that, what's amazing about that is there was so much exploring. So yes, the, the construct was there. The idea, the cameras, all the rest of it was there. But the, the detail to get to where we got to, the amount of, like, it was a very long rehearsal period, probably the longest one I've ever, ever done. And we used every single second of it because it just, he will start our, a day, just go, okay, we're going to do this scene, we're going to do this number, whatever. Just do me a draft, he'll say. Throw me a draft out there. He talks about drafts and you go, okay, well, right, we'll try something. And then that will evolve into something else and into something else and into something else and into something else. And where you end up is so far away from where you started, but you have to you have to go through the work to get there. You couldn't just go on day one, right, we're going to do this, and there's mm-hmm. your show finished. Because it, it just doesn't work like that. But, that. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, actually. I'm going to give spoilers and stuff. But there's sort of a very specific thing that happens right at, near the beginning, which we went through, which immediately for me sets up what the show is and what we're doing and, and how we're doing it and what you as the audience can go, ah, yeah, okay, this is what I'm seeing. Wow. But that took so long to work out how to get there. And the, the, like the the iterations of shots and things that happened to get to that point, were, it just it went on for weeks, and then they found it, and you go, oh, there it is. So it, it, that that's been incredible. So yes, the the sort of the idea was there and the construct was there, but what Jamie and, and Fabian the, again, like the, some of the stuff that Fabian choreographed but never got used is oh wow oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah there's. <laughs> There's some videos of like numbers we've cut and stuff, but all had they all had work done to them before they got cut, and yeah, so much stuff that that got made and then trimmed off. A lot of kind of yeah, very clever, very creative minds creating yeah, some very very cool much stuff. So. so, did you having had that creative process when you get to kind of first previews? Did you? No, were you like, okay, yeah, we know what this is going to be like. We know what the response is going to be like. Or was it very um, much, uh, are people going to like this praying? Uh, no, I don't know whether this is uh, this actually happened or not. But in my head, in my head, there was, a, I've, I did get a feeling of the sort of the theatrical world and the arts world waiting for that first preview. Mm-hmm. Just like I said, there's going to be 1,200 people out there going, what the bloody hell have you been doing? And I've never really felt that kind of thing before because you know there's a good there was a buzz about it and and quite a lot of hype I think and people were very interested but it was kind of to me it was palpable these people going what have you been doing and then as the show unfolded um and again no spoilers there's a particular thing that happens that you will have seen at the start of act two Mm -hmm. when that happened that I think is the audience response to that is the best thing I've ever seen in a theatre. It was just this, because nobody knew about it. And I'm sure, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm being all spoiler alerty, but I'm sure everyone listening to this will know what I'm talking about. But when it happened for the first time and nobody knew what it was and nobody knew what we were doing and what had happened and it came to its conclusion, the, this, the audience response was just visceral and just guttural even. People just on their feet instantly the song hadn't even finished and it was just it was I thought whoa ho, 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 what is this 
And it's one of the craziest, probably the craziest thing I've ever seen in a theatre. Well, it's it so clever because what, so what they've created is something so spectacular, but it's theatrically spectacular. It's not kind mm. of like massive pieces of sets flying in. No, no, no. Crazy puppetry. You know, like it's a very, <laughs> like you said, it, it appears simplistic, but actually the way that Jamie has made the highs higher and increased mm. the stakes is yeah. really clever theatre craft. Um, but, but also, and this is why he's so brilliant, is that his whole thing is that it's about getting to the truth the fastest, most economical way possible. Mm. So ultimately, when you, when you strip out the, the staircase and the car and the monkey and the turbans and all the things that people thought they know about Sunset, all the things I thought I knew about Sunset Boulevard, you take all of that away, you've got, actually, you've got four people who are thinking, feeling, experiencing, wanting four very different things. And those things change and they evolve. And you've got, like, you've just got four human beings going through stuff, mm. which is so interesting. And that's, that's really what the show is about. Mm. So you can strip away loads in the way that we've done, but you can also add all the, the crazy stuff that we've added. And all it, I th- for me, it, it does is just, you really get to the, the nub of what these people experience and what these people feel. What I find really interesting is we can say, you know, it's, it's multimedia. There's kind yeah. of, there's cameras used on stage. You're now my screen, yeah. which looks tiny compared to how big your face was last <laughs> night across yeah. the whole of the back it's of like, the stage. It's yeah, mag- it's like 50 foot squared or something. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. You must be like, just don't think about that. Just don't think about no, that. Don't think about it. Don't look at it. Well, the, the good thing about that is because you, you all, it's so interesting from from the actor's point of view is you've just engaged with the camera. So you've got all your engagement is with the lens. Mm. And so obviously you can't look at the screen and you, you know, I never get to see it. So my, I've never really been in anything where my, the, your acting experience is so different to what an audience experience is. Like you do Les Mis, you, you, you've, it's very like you're in the story. It's all happening as it happens. And you get a sense that, you know, you're on the barricade, you feel very similarly to what an audience member will feel watching it. But here, what I feel of an evening, having the, the way we're doing it and, you know, the way the conversations all work and everything, it's just entirely different to what an audience member sees. So totally. that's but really also, interesting. You're having to use different tools from your toolkit because one minute you are kind of outward performing to the audience yes. and the next minute you're literally having to give us such intricate... I mean, there's so many moments with you specifically where it's just your eyes and your... You know, if you went OTT, it would just wouldn't be as powerful. It needs to... Yeah. You need that intricacy. You need that detailed screen acting. But that's such a, an unusual thing to have to have that juxtaposition of giving both sorts of performances in the same yeah, kind it, of it's space. it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. And... and I, you know, obviously cameras have been used in shows before, but I think there is, there's just something about what we're doing where like you go through to have those two things. To, so to, to be very, very focused and small and detailed with a camera, and then you've got to sing your song to an auditorium the way that you would do it. And so it, and that's not really something that's all happened kind of organically. I, I don't sort of make myself switch into, right, do tiny t- camera acting mode now yeah. and now do big big singy mode it just sort of it's all happened really organically mm. um my my favorite bit my is it my favorite it's one of my favorite bits the, 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 the reason i love it so much is this isn't really a spoiler alert. there's a, a lovely bit of camera work where joe and betty are talking and she's talking about her her life and 
and stuff. And it's just before they sing their duet. And you see it all on the screen. And then suddenly she walks on stage and they sing a duet. And you just go, oh God, you're, you're like, you're singing a duet like we used to. And suddenly that becomes almost brazen, the idea that there's just two people on stage singing to each other. It seems so like, almost like a bit rude almost. Just like, God, you're just actually, you're looking at each other and singing. It just feels so, it feels so startlingly intimate that you're there, you're then suddenly watching two actors just sing a love song to each other. Yeah. Like, like we always have done, like everyone always has done, but suddenly it feels so fresh and thrilling but that's it i mean even with like the normal scene sometimes it's just intimate and it's close and you're seeing mm. everything and then next minute she's stood there with the haze belting out a big yeah. number it's just you're able to go from one extreme to another and take it yeah. to different places it's and also exciting. a lot of those scenes that you are a part of are scenes that i've seen performed in sunset boulevard so many times but I'm seeing them in a whole different way. I mean, it feels intense. Like yeah. I say, I'm leaning forward in my seat. I'm hanging off the words. The dynamic yeah. is different. What does it feel like when you're in the moment in those scenes? Does it feel like that from your perspective on stage? Yeah, it does. It feels because the way things have been done and the way Jamie's directed it all has raised the stakes, I think, considerably. Like, considerably. And I've seen... It's funny watching um, some of the, the original the Trevor Nunn production back, there's a, an omnibus or a horizon, I can't remember, one of those, those artsy programs that we had in the 90s, where it's, it's all centred around the opening of the Los Angeles production where Glenn Close is Norma, George Hearn is Max, and Judy Kuhn, brilliantly Judy Kuhn, um, is Betsy. And it shows lots of stuff from that production with its huge ornate set. I remember, I can remember the set getting a round of applause when it flew in, when the house flew in. It was just, it was extraordinary. John it was Napier, grand, it? yeah. So it was just like huge, colossal, classic John Napier. Um, and seeing the, the ending there is, was just, for, for, through my eyes now of seeing the ending with what we do at the Savoy, it just... I was like, oh, this is a different kettle of fish altogether. And I just, for me, I just felt like the stakes in our production have been raised so, so much. And things just feel so edgy and so dangerous and such, like, really, really, really heightened. And I just, and that isn't to take away from the original production because, you know, I loved it. It was fantastic. But also it was 1994 and, you know, things, mm. things move on, don't they? Exactly. Well, I love this is just getting a whole new generation into this show. There was a school group in last night who were screaming in those yeah, final amazing. moments without spoilers yeah. and stuff. But they were so, they were loud, but yeah. they were so invested. And yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. cool. They maybe wouldn't have the same response seeing a different production of the, of the more no, absolutely, production. Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's great. It's, it's a very, very exciting thing to be a part of. Tell me about uh, Greatest Star of All and tackling that number and finding kind of what you do because I feel like that's a real it's a real stand-up moment and the vocals David yes <laughs> thank you um it's a great song isn't it I mean it, it's it's a it's a great song it's like Andrew's biggest asset over the years is he can write a really great tune <laughs> do you know what I mean like he's proved that over and over and over again and it's you know it's the first melody you hear in the show it's it seems to be sort of like uh it's one of the, the show's central themes um, and it's yeah, it's you know, it's a lovely thing. It's, it's a great sort of place for, you know, just technically from a singer's point of view, it sits really nicely. It's it's that's 
that sort of baritone thing has been my bread and butter, I guess, over the years. And that's, that's sort of just lovely to, to enjoy all that. But, but the, it's particularly enjoyable because of the insane sound design from Adam Fisher. Just unbelievable. I've never, ever, and I, this is by a mile, I've never had such a fantastic, that's a lie. I'm lying. Jesus Christ Superstar was the same, but for different reasons. But I've never had such an insane quality of sound. Not in an indoor theatre anyway. Mm. It's just, it is so lush. The, the ability to, you can let rip and go full beans and then you can be as quiet as possible and everything feels the same. You've, so it gives you such freedom and such scope as an actor to be able to act through song and, in, and, and with your dialogue as well because things can be so intimate and so small and so quiet but you don't feel like that you just feel surrounded and carried away on this fantastic fantastic sound design Jesus Christ Superstar was was the same but you know that that sound rig went from I think it went from Hyde Park it went from Stevie Wonder at Hyde Park to Glastonbury to us <laughs> so, oh my so that was, god yeah that was a, that was a different kettle of fish altogether I didn't know that because yeah the, the sound design in Jesus Christ Superstar was epic I mean the yeah. voices the way they were soaring was incredible yeah but uh, so that but that's a very different thing because it's this sort of huge outdoor rig, yeah, 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 that's yeah. very much designed for gigs. This is in an auditorium, and you know, I know they they've built all sorts of special speakers into walls and all sorts. It just is, it is glorious. Mm. Has it kind of reuniting with Jamie made you think about everything that happened with Passion? And have you had oh, chats yeah. about Passion? Because obviously oh that's a huge moment for you and got you Olivier huge. Award and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was such a formative experience. I was so young. Um, but we, we, yeah, we have talked about it a lot, but actually because the main reason we talked about it a lot is the similarities between the two shows and what I went through playing Giorgio and what Tom is going through playing Joe. It's very, it's the, the similarities are frightening and, you know, you've got this, this central character of a young man, it's his experience, it, what, you know, the story is what happens to him yet in both shows, it's the, the older woman that is the sort of the thought of as the main role but actually both stories happen to the young guy he's in this complicated love triangle one of them is this older weird woman it's very intense there's you know there's there's gunshots there's all sorts there's like it, it's very it's, it's such a sort of crazy experience to, it's raised crazy similarities and it's been amazing to sort of talk all that through and be there for Tom, I, I said to him quite early on, you know, we've become very good friends, but before I got to know him properly, I said, look, I'm, I, I've, I, I've been through this. I've done this, the, this kind of thing is where the world is watching and there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. You know, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's really scary. You know, you, you, there's always someone in, <laughs> but I mean, the, the difference is in, in the Savoy, you can't see them. And in the Donmar, they're sat three feet away from you. So you can't be like, <laughs> Like, oh look, there's Stanley Tucci, and then, oh, and there's 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 Alan Rickman, and then you just sort of you can't avoid all this stuff. And Great. these people yeah. would come backstage. Kim Cattrall came back. Says Sam Mendes. Hi everyone, I'm Michael Ball. All of this stuff. It like it was just it was mad, and that is happening here. You know, we've got also someone's coming every single night, and so it's a lot for Tom to have on his shoulders. And so I said to him, like, I you know I've been there. I'm here for you. So anything I can do, and, and but I'll, I'll tell you this: he at twenty twenty four, I was twenty seven. He handles it so well. Oh my god, 
he handles it so much better than I did. He's <laughs> he's a uh, he's he's very impressive. He's very very impressive. It must be cool to be sort of watch someone having that moment. I mean, everyone's having moment. It's a big moment for everyone involved, right? You've got yeah, it is. I think debuts so. to even Nicole and even mm-hmm. you know Rachel coming in, and it's it's mm. amazing to watch these people having these amazing moments because of this production. Totally, yeah, it is. It really is, yeah. And like like you say, you know, Grace who plays um, Betty, it's her professional debut. It's her first job, man. Ridiculous. Like, come on, she's it's so insane. Good. Yeah, she's so calm, like. Oh, it's fantastic. It's just, it's so exciting to watch. And, mm. you know, Tom, Tom's been around a bit, but not very much. And so it's, this is definite, you know, a massive step forward in terms of what he's been doing. And to watch him anchor the whole thing the way he does is, is extraordinary. Mm. Uh, and a friend of mine, Ramin Karimli, came to see it the other night and we, he, he met Tom afterwards and we were talking and he said, because, you know, he was in the original production. And I think, I think, he played Artie Green. It was his second ever job, I think. And he was just saying, what you do is so amazing, the way that you just anchor this show and mm. you can let Nicole fly, let her, Norma, do her thing. Because you can just anchor everything in this, this sort of just keep it here and then that allows that to happen and that allows that to happen. Mm. And yeah, he's amazing at that. He really is. You said that at the start about when this came in your inbox, what your thoughts were and stuff. Mm. What what are you like now when these when things pop in, when the inbox pings and when stuff pops up? What's the kind of what makes David Daxon go, Oh, okay, yeah, or actually maybe maybe not that's not the right time for me to be doing that. Um I went I've always said, um, and I absolutely stand by this and really mean it, I've always said it that the only power an actor has, the only sense of control we have is to say no to something. It's the only time you actually have a bit of mm-hmm. say is to say, turn something down. So I've, 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 over the years, turned opportunities down. I've turned down, you know, I'm not, not looking back on it, there's quite a lot of things I wish I hadn't. And I've, been, I've made some slightly odd choices. Um, but it's, it's something, I've always sort of felt that something has to be right for me for whatever reason there's a few reasons why you might want to engage with a, a project and this was definitely and this probably ticked all of them to be honest um so it, it's it's interesting it's an interesting thing when something comes in your agent rings or you, you know you get your email we've had this through and so often in the past i've gone oh, no 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 and sometimes i've been right to do that and sometimes i've absolutely not been right to do that and and I've, I, recently, sort of the last few years, I've been trying to, because I think I'm quite a, I'm quite a sort of, I have been in the past anyway, a sort of more of your glass half empty kind of person. So <laughs> I, I would instantly see something and, and go jump to the sort of the fearful side, be like, oh no, I can't do that. I don't know, I don't want to do this. It's easier not to do that. And sometimes that's, that's because I don't like the show or I don't like, I'm not interested. And sometimes it's because actually deep down I'm worried about what might happen if that did happen and what that might lead to and where things might go and and stuff like that so but I've, I've realized as I've gotten older you've got to do stuff you've got to be out there and there's like you like so my wife did a did a play that she thought was rubbish at a that that she wasn't into I, I mean I saw it it was it was really good but she was like no 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 and she just did it because there was nothing coming up at the time and she just did it to do something and off the back of that 
literally off the back of that, she met a TV casting director and only her entire TV career has taken off since that is everything snowball. And, you know, now she's doing a second series of, of uh, changing ends on ITV and the Alan Carr sitcom and stuff. So like it's this, her things happen from the most unlikely sources and you've just got to do stuff. You've got to be out there. You've got to say yes to things and you've That's got to try and engage yourself. So I feel like from talk, doing this podcast, people have said that like they don't say no early on you just say yes to everything you're hungry you're like yes yes oh, yes yes, yes. and then you realize say yes about saying no but then you're always like but then you realize that you actually do have to say yes maybe more than you think sometimes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the thing is it uh, because passion happened really early on in my career i've been in lamey's i say really early on i've been done four years worth of lamey's beforehand but i've been in the ensemble <laughs> for two years and then came back a year later to play Andras for two years. And Passion came as a direct result of that. And so then the opportunities that came after Passion were sort of, were a bit tasty. And I found that quite hard to deal with and, and stuff. So I, I, I ended up saying no to things earlier on than mm-hmm. I might have done because I didn't feel able to deal with it. But, but you know, hey, it's, it's, all, it's all individual, isn't it? We all go through our own things in our own way. And you can only deal with what you can deal with and deal with it as best as you can at the exactly. time exactly and you've got to then like own that decision and not live in regret <laughs> yes yes that's another thing oh my god yeah that that's eat been, you up yeah there's, there's been one or two of them <laughs> yeah listen thank you for taking half an hour out your day to talk to me you must not be is it is it an exhausting show to do are you like knackered or are you kind of okay uh it's okay. Um, so we've had a baby recently. Uh, he's nearly five months now. Oh my gosh, congrats. Thank you very much. Um, so it's been a hell of an interesting time to, to do this. I think, so I, I think were I playing Joe Gillis, I think I'd be dead. So I think <laughs> Max is, is, is just the right level of stage time that I can sort of just about cope. But yeah, it is, it, it, what's tiring is, is, the, is the, the depth of... The, the depth and intensity of, of thought and emotion that the production has drawn out of everyone. That's quite tough. And, you know, the ending's pretty intense and Max is definitely a part of that. And so that, you know, there's a sort of place you have to get to. You have to sort of, you have to be in this particular place to, to, to serve the piece properly. And so that that's quite tricky. It's a bit, again, Jesus Christ Superstar, with, when I played Pilot, is that I would say that's a, such an interestingly weirdly written role because you turn up right at the very end of the narrative like like it's the dramatic high point of the show and the stakes are so huge you're on stage for about eight minutes and then you pass it on to Judas and if you aren't at the same level that Jesus and Judas have got the whole everything to and you you're you know you've had this sort of eight minute window where you're leading it and then you have to pass it off again if you don't if you haven't matched them you've you've sort of failed a piece so to get the ending of Sunset Boulevard is a very big dramatic thing. Hence the serious bows, like everyone's bowing. The like serious bows. Yeah. Serious actors, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It, it would be, I think it would be disingenuous to come sort of skipping on doing your, uh, you know, <laughs> bouncing down. God, what, me? Oh, that like would be awful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so funny. One day, maybe she's covered in blood, it would be awful. Just one show, everyone should just kind of do a happy camp kind of bow. Just d- Everyone do their favourite bow, yeah. There's a, a, an actor who shall remain nameless who apparently used to take, used to mind taking their heart out of their chest, chopping it up into little pieces and would distribute it into the audience. Oh, how giving. 
<laughs> so we'll all do one of them. Yeah. God, Jamie would love that. Wow. Um, listen, thank you. Good luck with the rest of your run. Thank Have you very a much. Great show tonight. And will do. Like I said, thank you for taking time to talk to me, David. Not at all. It's been great. Thank you so much. You can see David as Max in Sunset Boulevard at the Savoy Theatre through to Saturday the 6th of January 2024. Time is going fast and you do not have long left. A huge thank you to David again for taking time out of his day to have that chat and to record this episode. If you're enjoying this season of In The Frame, hit follow, hit subscribe, and you could even leave us an Apple Podcasts or Spotify rating or review. We love hearing from you, so follow West End Frame on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. You can check out our other podcast, The West End Frame Show, for your weekly stagey catch-up. And I'll be back next week with one or two more incredible guests. But until then, thank you for listening. (laughs) 